Welcome to the 20th episode of Cutting Edge. I'm Lana Sturdivant, and for those of you who have been tuning in day in and day out, your support means so much, and hopefully these episodes continue to be engaging, enjoyable, and valuable to you. Any feedback, insights, commentary, or suggestions for future episodes that you may have are greatly appreciated. I hit sort of a wall recently, and I kind of lost motivation and or inspiration to put something out in the last few days. However, this is something that I know I want to do, and I know that I have to keep putting out because if nothing else, it's a learning experience, and it is compound interest towards my long-term investment in this craft. However, I've not just been stalling these last few days, mind you, as I've been using this time to reach out to more potential guests, put together some more scheduled content, set some goals, and have watched some videos on how to improve the podcast altogether. So here I am back at it once again, and tying into sort of my original intro, today I'd like to talk about goal setting. The importance of it and the proper way, I believe, from what I've experienced, it should be done. Now, I don't want this to come off like it's some preachy, like self-centered lecture type thing, because I'm not speaking from vast accomplishment, to be real honest, at least not in like a material sense. I'm speaking, actually, from the perspective of someone who's learning all these things presently, and I'm starting to get small wins in this department. A lot of what I've learned so far, too, is what I was doing before that was setting me up for failure which has been hugely important for figuring out what's going to be successful in the future. Ultimately, too, everyone is going to have their own strategies with this. What works for you may not be in alignment with what I'm saying or what my strategies are and vice versa. And when it's all said and done, I would suggest reflecting on times you've personally been successful in something that you've strived for and what it was that you did that got you there, especially in comparison to times that you didn't get there and what the difference was in behavior. However, I think you'll find value in what I'm saying, even if it doesn't directly relate to you personally, because I'll be sharing examples of habits that I had that prevented me from getting to where I wanted to be, and then what I do differently now, and how it's created so much more abundance for me. I'm also currently helping a friend of mine um, set long-term goals in something that I have a degree of knowledge in, without getting too specific. I don't consider myself somebody of coach-level knowledge by any means, So this is sort of experimental for me as well. However, what will accelerate that process in particular is my, you know, 2020 hindsight in knowing what didn't work for me and being able to guide him away from making those missteps or having those ideas and or mindsets, etc. The first thing that I'll mention when setting a goal, particularly one that's large, one that might scare you because it feels so unattainable right now, is acknowledging that you're not already there. Now that sounds really, really obvious because obviously say your goal is to get a Grammy and you only have one song on SoundCloud with like 30 plays, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to acknowledge that you're not already there. In fact, the issue with a lot of people is that they're very focused on how humongous that gap is. I'm not talking about acknowledging that you're not there in the sense of looking at point Z from point A and saying that, yeah, I'm not there. But I also mean like don't try and perform at a point Z level when you're only at point A. A more specific example of what I mean that I'll use is a guy named Rich Roll. For those of you who don't know Rich Roll, he's a guy who's in his mid-50s who's considered to be one of the world's most elite ultra-endurance athletes. He's completed major feats such as Ultraman, which is essentially a double Ironman, Five Ironmans in Seven Days, which is Hawaii's Epic Five Challenge, and was named by Men's Fitness Magazine as one of the 25 fittest men in the world. 
However, what makes this also special is that at 31 years old, Rich was 50 pounds overweight, was on a diet of cheeseburgers, drugs, and alcohol, and was so out of shape that he admits that walking up the stairs of his house had him breathing hard. The bridge between those two realities is not only unfathomably massive, but flat out unrealistic. So how would you go about doing that? Now, to be fair, I don't even think he had the goal of being one of the world's fittest men in mind when he first decided to go on like his first run ever. I don't even think Point Z was anywhere near in the picture. But nevertheless, even trying to go on a five-mile run at any pace above walking would have put him out for a week in that fitness. So training or just performing, however that would apply to your field, like you're at any other point other than A, would be ignorant and would promote a very quick burnout. Trying to pivot in any area of your life 180 degrees is a slow grind that requires patience, consistency, and firm discipline, so take to everything with a present-focused mind. Another very important thing is to have a strong reason why. If you have a goal in mind, analyze what that goal actually means to you at a deeper level. That why is going to drive every action you take or don't take. That why is going to be the difference between quitting at something or persisting and inevitably attaining that thing. I remember one time in PE class of my junior year of high school, my teacher gave us all these goal-setting sheets. It was the SMART format, if you've ever heard of that, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, it's an acronym, that thing. I decided I would actually put some thought into it and try to gain something from that activity. These were goals for the semester. A goal I had written down for the academics category was 4.0 GPA for the semester. (laughs) And at the time, it was a very ridiculous goal considering my habits. Had I really approached every day like I wanted that 4.0, like really wanted it? Had I had a legitimate reason why I was doing it? I think I very well could have attained that, genuinely. I was certainly someone with more than enough intelligence, even drive, even work ethic, to make that happen. But I never thought about the why that deeply. I would say, I mean, in retrospect, I would say the why is that I I would have really wanted to own my academics for once, since I was a bit of an apathetic student, and my my parents definitely know, let me know that plenty of times. And, but also, you know, to prove to myself, most of all, that it was a possible thing for me. However, I had no itch that needed to be scratched every single day around it, like you would if you were pursuing something that was extremely important. I'm pretty sure I was in the very low 3.0s for that semester, if I remember correctly. To be honest, I kind of stopped paying attention to semester GPAs after a while. Uh, I didn't really want to know anymore. To be fair, I finished with like, um, I think a 3.45 GPA or so. So I, I wasn't like a flunk out or that by any means, but I could have done way more in the academic realm. On the same note, A why that revolves around personal significance or money or something material is almost never good enough either. Those are almost always going to be prone to failure uh, when likes, streams, dollar signs, etc. aren't coming in immediately. Sometimes people will drive through that because their need for validation or to be rich is so strong, but often people need that to be like a prerequisite of what they're doing. And that is a clear and telltale sign that it's not something that you're meant to be doing in the first place. To have a deep-rooted passion for something means you will do it even when things are hard or aren't going your way. And if the why isn't around something pure, it's running the risk of fizzling out really quickly and maybe worse, hitting the top but then hitting the bottom just as fast. 
A third thing, tying into the previous statement more or less, would be the understanding that hardships will arise and planning for what you'll do when that happens. This was an important realization for me specifically since I was someone who would get very easily turned off the path by setbacks since my why wasn't ever really that firm and in some cases not even really there. When a goal is important enough to you, it stops at nothing and is accomplished no matter what. That's the energy you and I both have to bring to things that matter to us. Now I'm in my first indoor track season at Western Washington University, which is what I was truly recruited to do. I run cross country as well, but I'm much more primed for the middle distances. I also get a lot more excited about track, though I do my best to be good at both. So I have a much bigger, uh, I have much bigger and more specific goals than I did trying my than I did trying my hand at my first 8K and 10K races ever this fall. A large part of the process of giving a realistic effort at those athletic goals will be approaching those worst case scenarios in my mind and developing a plan for how I'm going to attack them and not let them derail me. What if I'm tired? What if I'm sore? What if, uh, what if my academic or social life take an abrupt turn and I feel distracted and can't focus on the athletic goals? What if the weather's bad? What if I just don't feel like working hard today? What tempting choices am I not going to make for the sake of my lofty ambitions? Those are all difficult things for me to bring to surface, especially someone who is optimistic in nature and doesn't want to think about bad things happening. However, I know and have to accept that every day this winter isn't going to be over the moon. So I will either let that stop me or I will tackle the obstacles head on. It's a daily and very conscious choice, not to mention a difficult choice, but picking the latter is the only way there. Finally, recognizing that it's a process is fundamental. It takes all of the previous three things I mentioned to effectively and strategically move from point A to B to C without trying to skip over letters along the way. It takes accepting where you are now, knowing why you're going where you're going, planning for the obstacles along the path, and never getting defeated by the journey remaining. Going back to the friend of mine whose journey I helped plan, the goals we discussed from the outside looking in are, some would say they're a bit of a stretch with the time frame he's looking at, putting that very generously. It's definitely going to be on him to execute day in and day out, without exception or excuse. But hopefully he remembers when the going gets tough, when the days are hard, when he feels miles from the mountaintop, that each and every ounce of work is increasing his odds. Nothing is ever given or guaranteed, folks, but each day that you showed up and decided to climb even a fraction of a percent closer, the odds are increasing in your favor. Thank you all for listening once again. Um, if you want to follow this podcast, go ahead and hit the follow on Spotify or wherever you're listening from. If you're on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave a review. Um, tell me what you thought of it. That's definitely going to help the podcast grow, and it helps me and gives me feedback. So, um, And if you want to follow on Instagram, my, Insta- my podcast Instagram is going to be at CuttingEdgeIG. That's at C-U-T-T-I-N-G-E-D-G-E-I-G. And if you want to follow me personally, I'm going to be at Landon underscore Sturdivant on Instagram. That's at L-A-N-D-O-N underscore S-T-U-R-D-E-V-A-N-T. And on Snapchat, I am LT Sturdivant 21. That's at L-T-S-T-U-R-D-E-V-A-N-T 21. And my email is LT Sturdivant at yahoo.com. That's LT S-T-U-R-D-E-V-A-N-T at yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you on the next one.